0: Twenty four men flew to the moon. Twelve walked on its surface, of whom Aldrin, following the death of Armstrong last August, is now the most senior. Why did they go? They brought back little, eight hundred forty one pounds of old rocks, Aldrin's smuggled aesthetic bliss, and something most of the twenty four emphasized a new sense of the smallness and fragility of our home. Jim Lovell, not untypically, remembered everything that i ever knew my life my loved ones the navy everything the whole world was behind my thumb the cynical mostly correct answer is that kennedy wanted to demonstrate the superiority of american rocketry over soviet engineering the president's challenge was made in may of 1961 little more than a month after yuri gagarin became the first human in space but it does not adequately explain why the United States made the great effort it did, nor does it convey how the lunar landings were understood at the time. Kennedy's words, spoken at Rice University in 1962, provide a better clue. But why, some say, the moon? Why choose this as our goal? Why climb the highest mountain? Why, thirty-five years ago, fly the Atlantic? We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard, because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Apollo was not seen only as a victory for one of two antagonistic ideologies. Rather, the strongest emotion at the time of the moon landings was of wonder at the transcendent power of technology. From his perch in Lausanne, Switzerland, the writer Vladimir Nabokov cabled the New York Times, treading the soil of the moon, palpating its pebbles, tasting the panic and splendor of the event, feeling in the pit of one's stomach the separation from Terra, these form the most romantic sensation an explorer has ever known. To contemporaries, the Apollo program occurred in the context of a long series of technological triumphs. The first half of the century produced the assembly line and the airplane, penicillin, and a vaccine for tuberculosis. In the middle years of the century, polio was on its way to being eradicated, and by 1979, smallpox would be eliminated. More, the progress seemed to possess what Alvin Toffler dubbed an accelerative thrust in Future Shock, published in 1970. The adjective swagger is pardonable. For decades, technology had been increasing the maximum speed of human travel. During most of history, we could go no faster than a horse or a boat with a sail. By the First World War, automobiles and trains could propel us at more than 100 miles an hour. Every decade thereafter, cars and planes sped humans faster. By 1961, a rocket-powered X-15 had been piloted to more than 4,000 miles per hour. In 1969, the crew of Apollo 10 flew at 25,000. Wasn't it the very time to explore the galaxy? To blow this great blue-white-green planet, or to be blown from it? As Saul Bellow wrote in Mr. Samler's Planet, also 1970. Since Apollo 17's flight in 1972, no humans have been back to the moon or gone anywhere beyond low-Earth orbit no one has traveled faster than the crew of Apollo 10. Since the last flight of the supersonic Concorde in 2003, civilian travel has become slower. Blithe optimism about technology's powers has evaporated too, as big problems that people had imagined technology would solve, such as hunger, poverty, malaria, climate change, cancer, and the diseases of old age, have come to seem intractably hard. I remember sitting in the living room in Berkeley, California, watching the liftoff of Apollo 17. I was five. My mother admonished me not to stare at the fiery exhaust of the Saturn V rocket. I vaguely knew that this was the last of the moon missions, but I was absolutely certain that there would be Mars colonies in my lifetime. What happened? Parochial Explanations that something happened to humanity's capacity to solve big problems is a commonplace. Recently, however, the complaint has developed a new stridency among Silicon Valley's investors and entrepreneurs, although it is usually expressed a little differently. People say there is a paucity of real innovations. Instead, they worry technologists have diverted us and enriched themselves with trivial toys. The motto of Founders Fund, a venture capital firm started by Peter Thiel,